What's up, guys? We're back. It is Monday and another special edition of Who's Number One. Very happy to be joined today by none other than Ricardo Amendolia, the voice of jiu-jitsu, the people's commentator here live in the studio. Also with me today is my regular co-host, Michael Sears, back from Rio de Janeiro, and Ryan Smith over there on the media dials. What's up, gentlemen? How are we feeling today? Doing good. Doing good. Pumped to be here in Austin. Ricardo, what brings you to our lovely city of Austin, Texas here? I came here for two things, to oh. eat barbecue and talk jiu-jitsu, and I'm fresh out of brisket. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, definitely, if you're in this wonderful city, you should be eating some barbecue. Uh, but it's a fun time to talk about jiu-jitsu as well. We had a action-packed weekend with Third Coast Grappling, Gordon Ryan and Bo Nickel. We'll get to that stuff in a minute, but we want to touch on some recent uh, movements there in the rankings. It's actually a little bit of a delay. We missed it last week, but Jansen Gomez has moved to pound-for-pound pound number one as a purple belt. Mike, what can you tell me about Jansen here? Well, uh, he won Worlds at, at Purple Belt Middle this year. Remember, he beat Tynan Dalpra in the mm-hmm. final. And then uh, he, uh, he's he he's been winning some stuff. He did double gold at Long Beach Open not, not long ago. He uh, tapped Mateus uh, Rodriguez there. Remember, he just d- did double gold at the Porto Alegre Open, too. And uh, he was just not pound for pound number one before because Pedro Machado, who beat him in the World's Open class, was number one. Now Pedro got promoted to brown belt, and uh, Jansen's been active. He slides up to number one. So he's bumped on up there in the rankings. Definitely keep an eye on Jansen Gomez, one of Checkmat's finest rising stars there. Uh, some other movement in the purple belt ranks. Right, I think I think we have a we have a Jansen video though too. Oh, do we have a clip yeah, as yeah, well? Yeah, I thought we, we might just had a graphic. Let's stuff, see yeah. let's see Jansen in action here. What is this from, Michael? This is like Worlds? Uh, this is just a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, from Worlds. Oh, we got a little bit of a highlight Beach coming Open. Yeah, yeah. It's just a few of his uh, submissions and stuff. Yeah, that match with uh, Tynan was, was a bit brutal, man. Tynan had to limp off the the match there. His, his leg hurt. Yeah. Um, it was emotional. It was the, both teams getting into it. It was mm-hmm. really, really heated. Um, you know, Jansen's just a, just a phenom. And Checkmat's been, you know, telling us they have high expectations for Gomez. You know, he's just a beast, uh, as well as his brother. Um, I've been watching them both for quite some time. I actually got to visit them in Rio back in, like, 2014 when their father would teach at a social project for Ricardo Vieira. So I've been kind of following their careers, you know, watching them grow as little kids now to, like, young adults and just kicking butt. And they're just, you know, look at – you see the highlight there? There's Choke Mateus right there. Beautiful submission there. Yeah, their their dad is – Still teaching at that school. When I was in Rio last week, I went and I saw them, and uh, Jonathan was actually helping his dad there, and Jansen was training and everything oh, nice. at, uh, at Fight Zone. But uh, if you see J- uh, Jansen, his style is – I really like his style. He opens up a lot. He's really exciting. He does a, he does a lot of stuff. It sort of reminds me of uh, Sakuraba and Pride back in the day where he grabs, okay. he grabs the Kimura from all kinds of positions, and, and it just works with just it. You know, goes arm locks, yeah. gets the Kimura, takes the back off. It's really he's, exciting. He's bringing it back to the old school. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I like it. Go back to the beginning about the uh, the live event. So, yeah. as you guys know, we are running our very first live event here, Who's Number One. Uh, we have tickets on sale. That event goes down February 8th, Michael? February 8th, Costa Mesa, California at the Hangar. It's at the Orange County Fairgrounds. Uh, same weekend as Kids Pans. We have a lot of uh, really cool color belt matches announced. There's a big black belt fight coming soon as the main event. The, the website, flowgrapplingtix.com. You can go there, select your fighter, buy your tickets and all that. And uh, we're gonna actually at the end of this show, we're gonna announce two of the two of the matches on here and preview a couple of the matches a little bit. Michael, I got a question for you. Yeah. Will newly promoted purple belt John Jones be fighting in this event and against two? I'd like to. I don't, I don't know if I can fit him in my budget. I don't know if he if, if he fights for normal purple belt wages. 
but we would love to have him back on. John Jones is a friend of Phil Grappling. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, had a, had a match on here with uh, Darren Henderson. And that'd be awesome to see John Jones in a gi match, man. I'd love to. I'd love to see it. What's the ranking, though? If we had to rank him, where we would put him? I don't think he'd maybe maybe top thirty. I don't know. I don't. I, what I does would, the UFC title translate to, Michael? <laughs> I was looking at it earlier. I, obviously, you can't rank John Jones. What would he be? Heavyweight, super heavyweight? You think heavyweight? Probably right. Two hundred five, right? Was oh he, yeah, what, yeah. What he fights at. I mean, he's going to give these guys trouble if John Jones goes out there and fights a heavyweight. I mean, some of these guys, Dante Cano, I love him. He's ranked number two, but. <sighs> Gonna have a hard time with John Jones, I think. <laughs> um, lastly, we want to. I'd like get... to see John Jones' gee game. I'd yeah, like to see I, what yeah, he's talking about. Yeah, that's what we'll see. Yeah, I want to see what how his squid guard is. Yeah, you think he plays play some spider guard or lasso or anything? That'd be interesting. You imagine to see. he's got to try it out. He's, in, he's at the Gracie Baja School, and you know they have the curriculum there. If he's actually in the program, he's learning those fundamentals. Well, so. and he's he's training with a guy that still actively competes, Roberto Tusa. I uh, was going to be doing Nogi Worlds. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, you know, John's staying sharp in the gi. Like I said, maybe he's pulling off some lapel or squid guard. Barambolo, maybe. Barambolo, yeah, you never know. You never know. Well, we were talking about earlier. How goofy are these people that are going in comment sections? They are acting like he's not per boat level. This guy's been an elite UFC fighter for how long? How long has he been training submission grappling for? Michael, you got to win one Naga before you get your <laughs> yeah, purple belt. Yeah. That's the rule, man. In, in five divisions in the same day. Yeah. Uh, then, then you're legitimately a purple belt. That's it. That's it. Actually, I'm not legitimately a purple belt if that's the rule. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's insane that someone would, would question his credentials. It's not also like he just started. He's been training in the gi, admittedly, for um, a couple of years, at least three or four years that I've been paying attention where he's been training in the gi, posting photos. So it's not like he's not putting in the work. Um, what more do you people want? <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be haters. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about something positive here in the jiu-jitsu community. Let's give a shout-out to Professor Salo Ribeiro. That's he upgraded right. to six degree, was it? That's a long time in jiu-jitsu. Ricardo, how, how many years of black belt is that? Can you rattle it off for me? I can't do that math right now. But so, <laughs> so, all I know is it's been a long time. I think it's over 20, it's yeah, over 20 it's, years. Salo's been yeah. a black belt and at the highest level for so many years. You know, He was one of the greatest competitors of all time. And now you know one of the greatest coaches. Got the amazing uh, University of Jiu-Jitsu in San Diego. And uh, yeah, big congratulations to Professor Sensei Salo for your upgrade. Um, I guess now is as good a time as any to do a quick recap here of Third Coast Grappling. Very busy event. The whole team was in town as it was just a short drive from us. And uh, what a show that was. We saw in the main event, Bo Nickel, NCAA champ, take on Gordon Ryan. Uh, what are our immediate reactions to that match? I know I had a good time watching it. How, how do you guys feel about it? Go ahead, Michael. About the Bo Nickel match? Sure. Uh, Not a fan. That wasn't I'm a, a str- big fan of I'm a big fan of I, I watch wrestling – about as much as I watched jujitsu, and I, I, it, it just got sort of weird with like Gordon walking backwards at him and stuff. I wish Gordon, Gordon obviously knew he was going to take him down. I wish Gordon would just gone at him and like they would have like really wrestled each other. Mm. I would have liked to see. But I mean, once it got to the ground, we we saw why Bo didn't want. Bo obviously didn't want to take him down, right? Bo was trying not to take him down because we saw why. Because once it got to the ground, Gordon tapped him pretty quick. Mm. It's true. Um, but I have to say, that the first few minutes were a little little strange, right? You're wondering, oh, man, how long is this stalemate going to go on? But then the anticipation built for me, and I was like, oh, man, now it's really going to go. And I have to give Gordon credit for be, uh, willing to take that that slam. I mean, he just is like, okay, I guess this is what it's going to take for me to get to the ground. Go ahead and suplex yeah. me. That takes a little bit of cojones, I think. Yeah, I think you know, props to Gordon and Bo for doing this hybrid-style matchup. Uh, you saw Gordon with that. 
uh, scissor takedown several times. I don't know the Japanese terminology. Is Sorry, Connie guys, Basami, that is a Kani Basami. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, soft shell crab roll. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, beautiful takedown attempt there. He didn't go for leg locks because it was prohibited. Look at him but, scooting back in. He's got, he's got you know, the he, he used, within the rule set, he used jiu-jitsu to defeat wrestling, essentially. But, man, Bo did a really good job. And he played an anti-jiu-jitsu game for the majority of the match. Yeah. And um, I, if you really think about that's the way he should have – that's what he should have done. It was done. smart. It was very smart. Yeah, it's foolish for him to just – like, let's Spend look at it this way. 15 minutes on the ground. That would be yeah. – Exactly. So let's let's look at it this way. What's what's the better path to victory? Taking Gordon down in the first two minutes and then trying to pass his guard. And then you know he's going to get caught. Yeah. Or, or theoretically, he could get caught, right? So if he plays the anti-jiu-jitsu, anti-takedowns for the majority of the match, waits the last couple minutes – takes him down, but then it puts more pressure on Gordon, which we saw that happen. So Mm -hmm. it was really cool. For me, the thing that stood out, and we're probably going to do a breakdown of this later, but I was actually impressed at Bo's defense to Gordon's attack. And um, if you watch the replay, Bo did something really cool. He actually stepped out with his uh, left foot to avoid getting swept, where a lot of high-level jiu-jitsu guys got swept from that position that Gordon really likes, that You're shoulder that straight arm lock. Yeah, yeah you know, from yeah, the yeah. reverse armbar setup that he did against Bouchesha in ADCC, did oh, it against the, Keenan. The, the crunch when he was, yeah, the, the same, yeah, he was exactly. trying to step that Bouchesha sweep. Watch yeah. the replay. Look at, look yeah. at Bo stepping up with his left foot. Yeah. What does that do? It prevents him from getting swept to that side. So I don't know if that's something that his coaches – you know, watch the ADCC 2019 live on Flow Grappling on the archives <laughs> as well. Or they, they, you know, it was just an instinctive thing that Bo did. I'm kind of impressed either way. But well, you know, if they watched anything, they probably studied the ADCC stuff. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, is that whether it was planned or whether he acted on instinct, it was impressive nonetheless. But it was just a matter of time before the king got the triangle. A beautiful submission from Gordon Ryan. Shot the leg, uh, Sengaku position there went for the arm and then uh as he got slammed he kind of deepened into the triangle though so it was it was cool i think it's these types of matches that you know we always talk about bringing jiu-jitsu to the next level well we need to think outside the box a little bit if we want jiu-jitsu to expand outside of the world of jiu-jitsu you need to do some things outside of jiu-jitsu so bringing high level wrestlers high level mma guys that's when you're going to get more eyeballs in the sport and you know you just can make it entertaining it's there's two ways to getting jiu-jitsu to the mainstream i think and it's like grow what we got and slowly grow or do some stuff outside and bring it the eyeballs in so you know props to Thurco's grappling for making it and to the athletes for competing it was cool but uh we all kind of knew that gordon was gonna get the submission yeah i think the the plan was clearly for bo he, he didn't want to take him down till the end because exactly. you saw gordon was sticking his foot up and, and trying to feed him the single leg and gordon basically trolled him into taking him down yeah he ran at him with his ass out enough times that go got bo got pissed off and suplexed him yeah basically and it worked perfectly for him because then it got the fight to the ground i think sooner than bo wanted to go there well chael sonan made a good point it's like how you know when when gordon was doing that kind of putting his butt towards him yeah. he's probably never experienced that in the rest of the match ever <laughs> he's probably never trained for that you what know kind what I mean? of trick is this yeah, yeah, yeah. what wizardry is this but anyways great match uh, yeah, shout out to Bo. He also made a, a post this morning on his own personal Instagram saying that jiu-jitsu is great, wrestling is great, and together we make each other stronger. So great attitude. Uh, hats off to him, and good luck in the Olympic trials coming up. I know he's getting ready for that, and uh, best of luck to him there. Other matches there? What do you get? Yeah, yeah, of course. That wasn't the only fight on the card. Uh, co-main event, we saw Jake Shields versus Hamala Bahal. And man, Hamala Bahal looked great. I was about to, to Jake was impressive some words too. loose there. He looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. Both guys were incredible. Um Michael, you were there, Matt, side with me. What were your impressions of the match as it went down? I mean, uh, it was no surprise that, you know, Hamilo came out on top. I think it went to a decision. It was clearly Hamilo's, uh 
win, but I mean, Jake did pretty good. Jaime got one hook a couple times, wasn't able to finish it. And from the I back, mean, you mean? Yeah, yeah, got one hook from the back, and then, uh, I mean, Jake to be going up against IBJJF World Champion, uh, ADCC Champion, and to go to a decision, and it wasn't like he got killed or anything. Jake mm. did very very well in that match, I thought, and great performance by Hamela. Yeah, Jake's defense was on point. You can tell he's spending a lot of time uh, in the basement there at Danaher's gym where they really do work those positions of relentlessly, back escapes, back attacks, things like that, and he was really... Very safe. I mean, Hamala was threatening in some very solid positions, but Jake was never actually in danger of being finished completely. So uh, hats off to Jake there. I was just amazed at what great shape Hamala was in, man. For a guy who's done competing, I mean, he was in some serious shape. He also cut a fair amount of weight for that match. You know, we saw him the night before. And uh, Hamala's little... been done competing for a while, though. So <laughs> yeah, he's retired a couple yeah. of times, but I'm glad. I'm glad he keeps coming back. He's fun to watch. His jiu-jitsu is great. And uh, I can't believe he made 190 or whatever because yeah, yeah. he's like the same height as me, and he's way bigger. That guy is huge. Man, he's jacked his legs, everything. He was big, and yeah. it, it showed. You know, the night before, he was definitely gingerly sipping on some water. Didn't look super happy to be cutting that weight. But and, and after the match, he said he made some not callouts, but he said he'd like to have some big matches. Did he, I, I he, didn't see the he whole told, interview. He told me in the interview he wants his, he wants to he said he wants to keep competing no gi regularly. He said he wants one more gi match, and he he said Damian Maya or Marcelo Garcia. That Those would be that, that would be that, amazing, he wants yeah. one of them for his last gi match. That's interesting. After yeah. seeing Damien, too, uh, in Spider at, at Korea, he trained a, a couple of the sessions we were at. Damien's jiu-jitsu was also amazing in the gi. I mean, that shouldn't shock anybody, but I'd never seen it in real life. And to see him take on the new generation, or to train with, I should say, it was a, it was a friendly role. Well, Homolo has actually competed against both of those people. Mm. Uh, against Marcelo, he lost the match. I believe it was to two points. Please forgive me if I'm wrong. But it wasn't. He wasn't submitted. But I believe he was. Uh, it was in this event called Lutas Casadas back in the day. I actually just found this, and I'm going to post it on my YouTube channel. Coming soon, guys. But uh, <laughs> there's another match where he faced off against Damien. Uh, we have to check the stats on there. I believe he defeated Damien, but that would be interesting as well. So, Ryan, can you look up uh, Hamilo versus Damien Maya? What the result was? Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's easy to think like, oh, Marcelo is like older than, but no, they're almost like the same age. Yep. It's just Hamilo's been competing so much longer. Marcelo retired a little earlier. It's like mm. I think what Marcelo's like 38, and Hamilo's 37. So yeah, right around the same yeah, age. Yeah, and you would think maybe Marcelo might even have less uh, fight years on him. He kind of retired a little bit earlier. Hamilo's been still grinding through it um, the last four or five years. So I would love to see either of those matches take place, but. Nothing has been set in stone yet. But yeah, Hummel is teasing one last Gi super fight. One last means three more. We'll, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> it says here that uh, Hummel won by points, 4-2. Four 4-2, to two. Four to two, oh, there it is. is. One right. score. Um, and last match we should really discuss there at Third Coast um, was Edwin Najmi taking on uh, a local fighter there, Ben Lenny, I believe his name was. Ben Lenny actually was, is a two-time Masters World Champion, and uh, he, he came out strong, man. He picked Edwin up and dumped him on his head at one point, but... Edwin did get the Dars finish uh, in typical Najmi style. Did it with, did it with flair. It was fun to see that one. Yeah, it looked like Edwin, uh, I think he was going to try a flying triangle when he had the collar grip, but mm. then he realized how tall the guy was in the air and uh, sort of converted it to a jumping clothes guard, but tried to bear and bowl him at one point. I think he was going out there trying to mess around a little bit, and then the guy slammed him a couple times. He realized, mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy's yeah, he's legit 200 pounds, way bigger than me, and then he locked up the Dars and, f- and finished it. Nice finish for Edwin. Glad to see him get a match. You know, uh, his original opponent pulled out with like two days' notice. Definitely a nightmare for both athlete and promoter in that scenario. But Third Coast got it done, got Edwin an opponent, and we got a, a great finish. Yeah, let's hopefully we get to see that match. I really want to see Edwin against Torino. So maybe Third Coast or somebody else can step up to the plate and make it happen. 
Very nice. Yeah, it was a fun night, man. We really enjoyed our time out there in Houston. The Third Coast guys put on a great show, and uh, I think everyone had a, a fun time that was in the arena. But it was also very nice not to fly anywhere, man. We just drove home the next day yeah. and back in the office immediately after. But that, I think, takes uh, care of most of the Third Coast coverage. It was a great night of grappling. You guys can go ahead and watch the, uh, the replay there in our archives if you want to check out any of those matches we were talking about as well as the rest of the card. We also saw Fight to Win 133. That was Fight to Win's final event of 2019 with the main event of AJ Agazarm versus Ari Farias. That was a bit of a contentious match there. You know, AJ didn't was not able to make the way in for whatever reason. Ari was look at, not. Look at right here. Watch it. Look at AJ and Seth go off the stage. Oh, no. Yeah. Seth, uh, <laughs> Seth hurt his knee up, apparently. Yeah, he too. said oh, pretty bad. Sprained a ligament or something. I that's think. too bad. Um, hopefully, it's nothing too serious. Yeah, this match was, was so tight. Um, a lot of people were saying that Ari uh, should have won. You know, I mean, it's funny because there's a lot of people talking about more so Ari should have won. Not many people saying that they felt that AJ should have won. I personally felt it was pretty tight. And, you know, I could have gone either way. I kind of feel like... Ari attacked a little bit more. I feel like AJ was pressing the action going forward more, but not specifically trying to pass. So that's just my opinion, but it is what it is. But it was fun. It got pretty uh, pretty violent, I got to say. Very heated. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah like, Look at AJ's like, competing in, I think, sweatpants. Is that what he's wearing out there? Ninja pa- I believe those are uh, ninja pants. Those yeah. are Chuck Norris-approved ninja pants. Ninja he's pants. A, he's a ninja now. Look at Ari rolling for the heel hook here. He was going after the heel hooks a lot in this match. Uh I think if you're going to go off of sub attempts, I mean, they did like the dueling toe hold thing, which doesn't count much in my opinion, but they they did that a couple times. Ari went after some heel hooks, so I think he had more. I, I think the judges gave it to AJ because of how much Ari pay, played the edge near the end. He was he was backing, and I appreciate mm, that because mm. I think it's a big problem in jiu-jitsu is guys backing up to the Look at AJ being <laughs> AJ right here. Guys backing up to the edge, and uh, then you can't take him down or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting one for sure. I thought it was pretty exciting. I really enjoyed AJ's uh, pace in this match. You know, sometimes a uh, fight to win, some guys will gas out early going for those subs over and over again. But AJ kept a pretty relentless pace throughout the entire thing, even towards the end there. His over-under pass looked really great. Uh, it was indeed a close match. I believe a split decision win for AJ there, but a win nonetheless and capping off a year for him. I believe he'll be back in Bellator sometime in, in 2020. Here's AJ started howling while he was tearing this, this uh, toe hold right here. Yeah, he He's gets, a showman, man. He's AJ going was for it. in this match for sure. I, I'll say something, you know. Let's, like, AJ's antics and his weirdness sometimes, you know, his poetry and all these, you know, social media <laughs> Presence. Poetry is phenomenal. It's a little, I don't know what you why why you're citing that. <laughs> it's people, you know, some people like it, some people get it, some people don't. He's trying to play a role. He's trying to play a villain. But let's give credit where credit's due. In 2017, he got to the ADCC finals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against Cobrini. He lost really really tight match. I think the thing with him is is he has so much potential. And when people see these antics like what he's doing in this match, it's kind of disappointing. But, um, you know, and against a guy like Ari, Ari is just – I was excited to see this match happen. I really liked the matchmaking by Seth Daniels, but it definitely didn't go down the way I expected. But tough match and a good one nonetheless. I don't know, man. I think the fight to win stage is made for antics. Like, it's made for a show. It's made for a good time. AJ, AJ isn't always a good time, but it's a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I appreciate what he's doing out the, there. One of the highlights of the match was in the beginning of the match, uh, right after they announced AJ – Somebody in the audience yelled out, "This is Sparta!" So I think somebody wanted to see. A did you see when he used kick like uh, Did you see when he used Seth as like an obstacle? Like Seth was Seth hurt his leg and he was like sitting down mm-hmm. refing, and 
uh, Ari's playing Cedar Guard, and AJ's up passing, and he like puts his hand on Chef's shoulder and like uses it to jump around Seth <laughs> to the other side. It was it was. That, that's that, that's perfect for fights to win, man. Like you want to see that. You want to see action that's unexpected. Gra- grappling can be kind of predictable sometimes, and for someone to go out there and change a formula up to do some weird stuff, I think that's kind of the point of fight to win. Sometimes. I, I just want to lastly give a quick shout out to Seth Daniels for that because number one, he's the promoter. Two, he's refereeing. Three, he was the judge in that match. He got pushed off the stage, landed on his leg, hurt his knee, and he probably was even emceeing at the same time. So yep. not many people are um, you know, capable of taking on that many roles, and it's not really a fun thing to do. One of the so, hardest-working men in jiu-jitsu, oh, yeah. Seth Daniels, for sure. Team No Sleep. Uh, also, we should make a special shout-out to the Night Pigeon. The Night Pigeon is a, one of the Fight to Win yeah. regular, uh, been with the crew since inception. He is moving on to other projects. If you're projects. confused, Night Vision is a person who works for Fight to Win. No, 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 Night Pigeon. My night, friend. night Pigeon, yeah, I said it wrong. Night, night Pigeon is uh, someone who works for Fight to Win. Great guy. And the best yeah, nickname yeah. in Jiu-Jitsu, yeah, yeah. so best of luck to the Night Pigeon. The guy with the shaved head and the beard, if you're wondering if you're going to fight him. to win. He sets up, yeah. he sets up the crew, sets up the production, and then fights on the card every single time. Yeah, he, I think he fought this way last weekend in Fresno. He, he, uh, he won by toehold, I believe. Did he really? He did. Also uh, had uh, Jake versus Hibamar. That's that, right. That was a split decision. It was like, did you, uh, if you watched it, it was like, Nothing really happened. If this was an IBJJF match, it was 0-0 with no advantages, basically. Mm. It was like Jake played a bunch of collar sleeve guard. Hibamar tried to pass, and neither one of them could get much going. Split decision, I believe, for Hibamar in the end. That uh, will happen, but we had some some nice heel hook finishes at Fight hooks, to Win. Uh, Hiago George, who I, I kind of think of as a gi guy, um, heel hooked Gabriel Souza. That's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But when I was doing my research for Black Belts, he took third at Nogi Worlds last year, too, Hiago George. But uh, he heel hooked Gabriel uh, in, with five seconds left in the match. He had an inside heel hook with five seconds left. It was a counter heel hook. I yeah, Gabriel right. Gabriel went for a heel hook first, and then, yeah, Thiago uh, George locked up inside heel hook on him. But I really like Samir's heel hook on Lucas Pinedo. I think we have a, a clip for this, right? Is that? Is I it? do not. I don't have one. I, I just maybe, had— uh, Maybe Ryan could pull it up, maybe not. Um, yeah, but that was towards the very end of the match that, that Samir was able to, to snatch his heel hook. Is that correct? I don't remember the timing for that one, but it was really nice. It was really tight. He really— uh, Put good pressure into the knee. You see a lot of guys going for heel hooks right now that are like super sloppy, mm. but they're not even controlling the knee at all, and they're just sort of like just thinking, "I'm just going to grab this and go." But Samir's was was pretty perfect. It was really tight. Really well, tight. I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a change in the jujitsu competitors. These guys that are mostly known for IBJJF or UAE JJF events are getting crafty with heel hooks, yeah, entries, yeah. and defenses now. And you know, maybe they're going to make their own sort of system. You know, based on their competition circuit, so it's it's pretty interesting. Trends change, new techniques evolve every year, and uh, yeah, I mean now we have a, a, a different sect of the jiu-jitsu community advancing the heel hook uh, system. So both of those guys that lost, Gabriel Souza and Lucas Pineda, were, were both ranked top ten at sixty-six kilogram no gi. Mm-hmm. So they, they both get, went out, got tapped by Hiago George and Samir Sanchi. That's that's pretty interesting. And all of those guys are going to be at Nogi Worlds this week. All four of those guys who, who did those matches are going to be at Nogi Worlds. Samir coming on strong. He's uh, well into his career. He's ma- Masters eligible, but taking on the new generation and winning in style. Yeah, I think three-time Nogi World champ already, I believe. Doing really well. I guess that's uh, as good as any time to transition here to Nogi Worlds. It's, of course, fight week. Nogi Worlds kicks off this Thursday. We'll all be in Anaheim, California, bringing you all the coverage. And, uh, man, I cannot wait for another year of action Let's uh, kick off the show here, previewing a little bit of the brown belt divisions. Um, one of the most stacked brown belt uh, divisions 
event-wide, I've seen in a long time, they actually get their own day this year, which is a bit different from, I think, past uh, IBJJF Nogi Worlds. Usually they, they share a day of the purple belts, so that just goes to show that— Oh, probably black belts, right? Usually brown I, oh, belts yeah, and black belts. Black belts, same day. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, we never get to cover the brown belts because they're always going the same time as black belts, but we're going to get to struggle. cover you guys this time, so— we're very excited to be out there, and uh, I'm looking forward to see Roberto Jimenez back on on the show. Uh, Andrew Wiltsy's out there. We have guys like Keith Kikorian. Michael, who do, who should we uh, dive in on first? Any divisions that really stand out to you? At Brown Belt, uh, I really like Featherweight. Let's Fe- jump into Featherweight. Featherweight, I mean, you got two guys who just fought on Fight to Win, uh, Josh Cisneros and Keith Kikorian. Obviously, Keith, ADCC vet. Josh just beat him at, uh, at Fight to Win. Josh had some really nice techniques in that match. Nice little guard pass. Yaroslav, your boy Yaroslav. I love Yaroslav, man. We're all big Yaroslav fans. That guy's like one of the most consistent competitors out there, man. He is a beast. Uh, he, he, he he basically always takes third, but he, he makes the podium at every major tournament. And these divisions are huge. Yeah. It's not making third in a six-man bracket. You know, it's yeah. 30-plus athletes every time. Remember so. when we first found out about, about uh, Euros a couple years ago? Yeah, and he, he beat like a couple of AOJ guys, I believe, mm-hmm. and he came out. He's from Ukraine. And he comes out and he's got a Baron Bolo game. And he's going, he's Baron Bolo and head to head with these AOJ guys. We're like, who is this guy? And ever since then, he's been on the podium at every major. Yaroslav yeah, Blasco. I can't believe he's, uh, I mean, actually, not, I was going to say he's, he's a brown belt now, but he was a purple belt, I feel like, for a long time, at least two two full seasons, if yeah. not more. Shout out to Josh Cisneros, too. Off that win, Keith Krikorian. Josh is fighting on who's number one as well. He's going to be in the light featherweight match with uh, Mayram. He's, he represents Claybridge uh, Jiu-Jitsu. I feel yeah. like that's uh, a team you don't always see out there. I know they have a very tough squad, and Claybridge himself is a legend, but it's nice to see someone from a smaller team up there mixing up and being one of the, one of the best prospects in the game. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a brother that's juvenile, too, who's up and coming, who also won on Fight to Win. The, the, you also got, besides those two, you got Damian Orende, who we just saw uh, refereeing, refereeing at, at Third Coast, Coast Grappling. Yeah, he was, did a nice job out him there. Him and his brother. Uh, this guy, Daniel Myra, I don't know how you say it. Myra, Myra is this alliance, Marcelo... Uh, Garcia guy won Nogi Pans this year. That, that's the guy who beat up on Krikorian in Nogi Pans. Yeah, that was a beat shocking Beat by like 15 result. points yeah, or yeah, something. I remember that. Uh, who else you got in there? But also, okay, lightweight, you got Murasaki in the mix. A uh, few other guys. Middle. Uh, Hold on. Let's not jump too fast ahead. Right. We, have, we have Jeremy Skinner who uh, oh, yeah. just, just had a, a win, I think, at Polaris actually not too J.J. long J.J. Wilson too. And J.J. Wilson, uh, a Bellator fighter who also trains out of Alliance uh in San Diego, I want to say, has a, has a crafty style, is very, very prone Who to scrambles. Who did he tap? This? He tapped somebody in the gi, I think like Jonathan Gracie or something. He tapped somebody really he good at He did beat Jonathan Gracie. Yeah, I think he tapped him with a, with a was it ankle pans or was it like American National? It was, pans. It was, it was pans. pans. Yeah, I remember and the that, bracket though. that Gucciari went on to win. Okay, so yeah, definitely a, definitely a spoiler, and you know he's tough if he's fighting in MMA professionally. Um with, 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 I believe, an undefeated record, if I'm not mistaken there in Bellador. So look out for, for J.J. Wilson to, to mix things up there. Uh, at the lightweight division, but you got to say that Andy Murasaki is probably the favorite in that division, Mike. I would say so. I mean, Andy's pretty high level. He, I believe he won. Yeah, he won purple belt at that weight last year. And uh, middleweight's pretty tough. I mean, middleweight's really tough. Look at who so you got. You got Cody Steele, who has beat Jonathan Gracie this year at an EBI rules. Mm-hmm. He beat DJ in that one match. At uh, what was that? Third coast. You got Oliver Taz in there. Oliver Taz has done ADCC yeah, I, I twice. I had to double check that, make sure he hasn't been promoted. <laughs> this guy, what's he got to do? Like, yeah, how's he get that that next level? Sebastian but. from Unity, the guy he did double gold in Ogi Pans last year. Uh, Alessandro Borgianovo, the Italian guy from AOJ. Yeah, he's from Italy. Yeah, I got to train with Alessandro. He came to Canada to teach at our gym twice. For a week or so, he's really, really strong. What's his game like, Ricardo? He looks really strong. I, mean, I think Reed went against him he before. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta give, I gotta give a shout out to my boy Reed. He did a, he had a nice match with him. He only lost yeah. by a sweep. Um, and that was at the uh, LA Grand Slam 
2018, I want to say. Reed might actually be a good purple belt opponent for uh, John Jones. They're on the same weight. They should do yeah, it. Yeah. Let's make it happen. I Let's think they have the both uh, same size in the bicep area. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Reed, Reed's biceps are a big problem for anybody. Uh, <laughs> Definitely for me, dude. Makes me jealous. Yeah, so yeah, middleweight's me. pretty tough. Medium heavy's tough. You got uh, Andre Gois from uh, – he won Nogi Pans, the guy from Lucas Lepre. really tough guy. Uh, Wiltsey. Uh, he, though, though they both won Nogi pants. Andrew at middle, Andre at medium heavy. Now they're both up the same bracket. Rafael Dos Anjos got this Shane Fishman guy who won Nogi Euros at East Coast or what? ECJJ, uh, the school where Fiona and them are at. That's East Coast. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, Derek O'Connell's gym out there yeah. from uh, Ireland. Shout but, out to those guys. They always bring a big, big crew across you, the pond. Also so. with all those guys in there, you got Connor, Connor D'Angelis. Mm. So that's a really tough bracket. Heavyweight though is the one I'm looking at. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, we have uh, Roberto Jimenez, of course, headlining the, the heavyweight division. But who else is jumping out? We have Pedro Mourinho. Pedro Mourinho. They're one and one against each other right now. Oh, yeah. I was wondering that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, uh, Pedro beat uh, Roberto by like a ref's decision or like overtime or something. At, I think third coast. There right? is yeah. overtime at third yeah. coast, I believe. And I think Roberto mentioned something after he wasn't clear on the rules or something like that. Then where did they rematch? Nogi Pants. Roberto tapped him at Nogi Pants. Mm. And then they had that crazy uh, open class. Pedro ended up winning the open class at that tournament. That was the that was the open class where Roberto tapped Roosevelt Souza. Then Andre Porfirio tapped Roberto when Roberto tried that cartwheel pass and Porfirio uh, arm-locked him. And then Mourinho tapped Pedro uh, Porfirio in the final. So it was three submissions in a row there from the quarterfinals. But that's a, that's a tough bra- bracket. Super heavy, you got Porfirio, who's at Fight Sports now. Remember, he won Worlds for Cicero Coast a couple of times. He's, he's down at Fight Sports. There's Giancarlo. Um, Giancarlo's all the way up at uh, Yeah, I know. I was going to say, I thought, I thought <laughs> that's an unusual spot for him. He's definitely a sleeper in the game. I think he took – was he a silver medalist at Worlds to Ronaldo? Yeah. Is, is that correct? Medium um, heavy, yeah. He took a second at, at He's not World always so. like the first name that jumps out, but absolutely one of the toughest guys out there representing Alliance. I believe he spends a, a quite amount of time with Lucas Lepre. Yeah, I think the last couple months I saw him. He was at BJ Fanatics. I think he's uh, – teaching at Bernardo Farias now. Okay. So I don't know if he's there permanently, but when I saw him at BJ Finex, he had been at Bernardo's teaching for a little while. Got but yeah, it. he was a Lucas Lepre guy. That's where he's from. Well, can't go wrong with Bernardo Faria either. I'd say it's not a bad guy to be learning from as well. Uh, Ultra heavy, you got the last two uh, Purple Boat Open Class winners are both in there, Mason Fowler and Taylor Kettler. They're both uh, Braza guys, Kyle Terra guys. But they got Roosevelt in there. Roosevelt's a monster, man. Roosevelt is so big. Have you seen Have you seen he's this guy huge. in person, Ricardo? No, no. Sorry. Oh, it's like Andre the Giant. He's, he's huge. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, a monster of a man. I think he, he's like taller than Cyborg, right? Because he's, he's over at Fight Sports now. and He's like, definitely taller than Cyborg. Yeah, he's he's huge. Yeah, right? he's like Cyborg's probably up to his chest. That guy's a really big guy. Oh, my God. And I think in, at, in the women's brown belt divisions, the I mean, you got Elizabeth Clay, who's done a lot of Nogi stuff. But the, I think Chloe McNally from Unity – but the girl to really watch is uh, Maggie. Maggie, Maggie Rindotti. Yeah, yeah. She's Going for uh, that double gold, maybe. She won Nogi Worlds last year, and she did double gold at Nogi Panza Brown Belt this year. So she's, uh, yeah, she's, she she's should be the favorite. favorite to, to Got to give a shout-out, too, to Crystal Gashola, a Nogi World Champion at Purple Belt and a Purple Belt World Champion in the Gi. Don't know if I said her last name correctly. Sorry, yeah, Crystal. I believe it's Gashola. There we go. Ricardo giving me a little help there. <laughs> But uh, she's probably a favorite in her division as well. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Crystal. I think she's actually worked for Flo at, at some point, right? She has. She's yeah. worked quite a bit Archiving with Archiving or something, right? But I'm being way. impartial. <laughs> I'm just going off of the results here. And but. you know what? It's, it's only a few years ago where she actually like broke her arm in competition. Mm, yeah. She had to recover from that. And just to see her come back and do so well at the highest level, it's, it's really awesome. So what can't a, wait to see out there, Crystal. Actually, uh, on that note for the women's divisions uh, – 
there are the most women that have ever signed up in the Black Belt Divisions present this year at Nogi Worlds. I believe the final count, or all, throughout all divisions. Is that correct, Michael? We have 474 women. Yeah, it's got to be all divisions. That's, yeah. that's all divisions. That would divisions. be incredible if there's 474 <laughs> say, Black Belt. That's a lot more than the men. <laughs> um, 474 women compared to 390 last year. That's a, a 20% increase. 84 more, wow. And, uh, yeah, very positive sign. You know, you got you got to love seeing more women in the sport. Absolutely. And uh, the black belt divisions are fire this year. I'm really looking forward to watching some of that. Let's jump, jump into those divisions there, Mike. What should we dive into first? Uh, well, I mean, rooster weight, you got two girls. Maisa is probably going to run up the score on – Amber or whatever. No offense to her, but I mean, Maisa kills girls at rooster weight. No gi. Maisa mm-hmm. is really tough. No gi. I roll really with Maisa, and it is impossible to pass her guard. Well, like- she's <laughs> she's really adopted that unity style. Remember, she she's GFT, but a lot of times she rocks like a, a GFT and a unity patch, right? Mm-hmm. And she's really adopted that unity style where it's like Baron Bolos from the bottom and smash patching from the top. Especially no gi, she gets the cross face and the underhook and just smashes her way through the guard. Flattens girl out, but she's impressively heavy for a hundred and ten pound person. I mean, she's really small, but when she gets the cross face going, it, it turns your head. You don't like it. Probably so. pretty strong. Probably stronger than I am. She is uh, strong. Yeah. But uh, okay, then the next weight up, you got who? Um, Amanda, formerly Montero, now Amanda Canudo. Correct. Uh, who else is in there? I got. Uh, I got. Patricia Machado and Fiona Watson. Fiona Watson's uh, extremely tough. She always does very well in these nogi divisions. A regular at all the major super fight shows like Kasai, Fight to Win. Uh, I cannot remember if Amanda has faced off with Fiona in the, in the past, but I think they did at Kasai once. At Kasai, is that what I'm though. thinking of? I don't know. Sounds familiar. Amanda, um, obviously a Gi World champion. She took second here a year ago. Remember, she lost to Fion in the final here a year ago. No Gi World. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I would, I, I'd have to say uh, Amanda's a favorite there, even though uh, Fiona's, you know, very good. No Gi. Featherweight, featherweight is crazy. It's a stacked division. All five of these girls <laughs> yeah, are really good. Yeah, we got the Fatal Five: yeah. Livia, Talita, Heather. Gabrielle Fletcher and Karen Antunes. What do you guys like in there? Man, well, I mean, all Talita of them are and really... Karen are both Nogi World champs before. Yeah, exactly. Heather, I'll... remember Heather Nebar Nicolini at Nogi Worlds like three years ago. She I don't did. remember if she... I think she took second that year, maybe. Was that three years ago? Two if... years two years ago yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, I remember that moment very clearly, though. Livia... I, I can't wait to see the bracket, how this is going to play out. Like, personally, you know, Livia, she's uh, Lachlan Giles' uh, wife. Coming yeah, off yeah, of ADCC. Yeah, yeah. Coming yeah, off yeah. ADCC, so, you know, she's going to have a very interesting style. Talita, we've been following Talita's career since ever since. You know, she's the, we call her the honey badger. She's just mm. a ferocious competitor. Do we call her the honey badger? Some people do. But the <laughs> thing is with Talita, with the, well, but she's a scrapper. I, I like that nickname. She is like she's a little a honey scrapper. badger. Yeah. What, what impresses me so much about Talita is this: is that she's teaching so much. Mm. She she doesn't really have like a like one training camp like with like a group full of people to really train her. She's teaching way more than she's training, but somehow she still always manages to get on the podium and win. And, and that's that's amazing. Could you imagine like she just has that much potential. You put her in a group with like another, you know, top level uh female team out there, she's just going to be one of the greatest of all time. She has that potential absolutely. Um looking at that division, another favorite of mine, Karen Antunes. I just I think it's just such an awesome story. She's a mother. She was like feeding her child in between matches once and winning worlds. Oh, dude, it's crazy. One of my favorite photos of all time. The it was a pants uh, twenty eighteen. I want to say maybe the year's wrong, but I believe that's right. And she just submitted Bianca Basilia with like a savage armbar, yeah. really fast. And I, I have a great shot of the armbar, but then she gets off the mat. Goes right to her, her newborn baby, and yeah, starts feeding the baby. Yeah. Right, I'm like, oh my god, like you are superwoman. I think, I think like, she, I think she won more. Like, like, listen, like, sorry to interrupt, but it's like making weight is tough. 
Fighting is tough. Having a newborn baby and feeding the baby in between <laughs> yeah. matches, that's a whole other layer, layer of toughness that a lot of us guys will never understand. Yeah. Big props to her. Yeah. She's, I, I love watching her compete too because I always refer to it as she's a submission hunter. She goes after the submission. Mm. She's not there. She can play the point game, but that's not her primary game. Uh, her teammate, Gabrielle, Gabriella Fletcher, um, we don't see Fetcher, her compete I think. in the state. Sorry? You're saying Fletcher. I think it's get Fletcher, I believe. Oh. Fletcher, right? No, there's no, there's no, there's no L. There's no L. Oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Gabriella. Anyways, the interesting thing about her is, uh, so she speaks English. So I met her in Rio a couple of years ago at Checkmat. And uh, she used to actually, I believe she was in the circus or something. Or she did she's a, a gymnast of, for sure. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So she's got, she's so jacked. She's really, get really strong. strong. Dude, you got to be strong to be in the circus doing gymnast <laughs> stuff. I don't, she's got that circus strength, bro. Yeah, it's either gymnastics <laughs> or the circus, but I know that she told me something. Either that, she was in Canada for a while in Toronto. So that's how we kind of got the, the circus. conversation. Doing either gymnastics or in the circus. Okay, but okay. super strong, very aggressive. And her and Salida competed a couple weeks ago in mm-hmm. Brazil. And then you mentioned Heather Raftery, um, you know, submitted Michelle Nicolini. That's huge, too. Can't wait to see Heather. She's one of the nicest girls. Works for us from time to time. So, yeah, this division, the Fatal Five, I'm calling it. Yeah, it's going to be very I like tough. it. I like I, it. I just saw Gabriella Fester. She was at uh, Fight Zone when I was there, too. And, uh, yeah, she's the only girl in the room. Really small. Just training with all those savages. And, and it's funny because – What's impressive about her, too, is she took over Ricardo Vieira's academy in, in Copacabana, Fight Zone, because Ricardo left. And oh, I now didn't she's, realize that. She's yeah. one of the main instructors there. Yeah. I know that they have a couple other instructors, but she's primarily she, the only active, like, top-level black belt competitor teaching there. So that's, you know, it's not very It's a big common. responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing to see. Very cool. Um, Lightweight's pretty tough, too. Yeah, moving tough. right along, we have Jenna Bishop kicking us off Nogi here. World Champ, I believe, right? Yeah, qualify for ADCC as well. Um then we have Nikki Sullivan from Atos, who's really come on strong in her black belt career. I think it's her, just her second year now, and she's really done quite well. I talked to Nikki uh, last week, and she said that all the other competitors need to beware of her flying panda techniques. What so. the hell? You got to give us a clue on what that might be. Uh, you're, you tune in, and you shall find out. <laughs> flying panda. I mean, I, when I think of pandas, I don't think of them soaring through the air. But we'll, we'll think about the flying panda. We have uh, returning Nogi World Champion. Uh, Kaka, that's Catherine Perrette re- representing Checkmat. She is in, as well as her teammate Nat- uh, Natalie Ribeiro. She is also is she a Nogi World Champion as well? I don't or? believe so. I know Jenna Bishop and and Catherine are both Nogi Let's World. Check champions. the stats on that Ryan Smith. I believe she won. Could be Natalie Ribeiro. Something, uh, but those are definitely the standouts in that division. We have eight women there, which is great to see. You know, um, very close to, to double digits. One of the larger divisions. We skipped there. over uh, Hannah Sharp from Silver Fox. Silver Fox is a uh, black belt under Henzo Gracie. Mm. Teaches in New Jersey, I believe, or New York. Sorry, and uh, he's very, very technical uh, instructor. You can see a lot of his instructionals on YouTube. He does a lot of work with Faraz Sahabi. Oh, very cool. And, yeah, so he, he's very. You know, very similar to like the John Danaher system of, of grappling. So check him out. Tough weight there. Uh, what do you guys think? The last two ma- weights, featherweight and lightweight. Chase, who would you go with the featherweight and lightweight? These are both tough ones. Yeah, we to haven't really made picks yet. It's hard to say in a division like that with only five excellent athletes. Yeah, you really got to see the bracket. But for me, I'm going to throw it out there. I think um, Karen Antunes might get it done this year. Yeah, I feel like she's been really pick. active and. Uh, like you said, she's a finisher. If she gets on a roll, it's hard to stop her. That's, that's my pick. Ricardo, are you going to make one or you like them all? It's the Fatal Five. I think he's, he's, a man, he's a man of the people. <laughs> no, no, I, I think we're going to see. I think, I think I, I feel confident in saying that Karen and Talita 
um, depending on how the brackets go, I, I think you know it, it's going to come down to either one of those two. I'm going with the Honey Badger. Honey Badger's unstoppable. With Toledo. Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ricardo says we call her the Honey Badger. So, all right, lightweight. I'll kick off lightweight. You got Jenna Bishop is tough. She had a really tough first round match at uh, ADCC with mm. uh, Beatrice, but you got. Mm. I'm saying Catherine. I'm gonna go Catherine. Uh, she's real, so good, Nogi. So scrappy. Yeah. I'm and her take, wrestling is yeah, is her wrestling so good. is good. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty. She's also pretty big. I feel like for the division. Um, I like Jenna Bishop in this one. You know, she really worked her Nogi game all year long. Even though ADCC didn't go her way, she put in a serious camp. And I feel like that's going to translate extremely well here to Nogi Worlds. I think that she will be in the final as my pick. I, I think it's going to come down to Kaka, Catherine, and Jenna as well. I think it's safe to say. So you got Jenna or beating Nicole, beating Nicole Sullivan, the Flying Panda. Jenna's got to get through. Uh, yeah, Flying Panda. That's... You got to be. You can't count out the Flying Panda. Uh, <laughs> Natalie, well, Jenna Bishop to make the final then would have to get through Natalie Barrow. That's a tough. That's a tough one. When, when you're in a bracket like that with two teammates that are really good, she's gonna have to beat them back to back. She yeah. has to go beat Natalie and then beat Catherine in the next round. That's, that's Again, it all depends on how the bracket unfolds. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on then to the middleweight division. There, back to six women. Uh, jumps out right away. We have Raquel Canuto, Gabby McComb. Uh, I've definitely recognized April Parks and Amanda Lowen. Amanda's really good, Nogi. Amanda's amazing. And yeah. I, I know you mentioned it in the preview article that you put out, but uh, another one of my favorite photos of all time is is actually Amanda submitting Kaka, who's dropped down a weight class since then, with like one of the most terrible submissions I've ever seen. By terrible, I mean painful. She was like, had it's her, like a swinging guillotine. Yeah, swinging like, around, yeah, like some pro wrestling stuff. I, I don't know exactly how the momentum began, but um, she had a guillotine and just started – Spinning her in the air, and Kaka's feet were off the ground, like completely off the ground. She finished her like that. It was horrific, but I have a great photo, so thank you for that. Um, but Raquel Canudo is no slouch. She, yeah. She's a beast. Um, and training, former Nogi World Champ. Former Nogi World yeah. Champ, exactly. Um, but what about Gabby McComb? I feel like ba- Dude, Gabby, Gabby McComb, McComb is a beast. She scares me. She gets so angry before she goes out there competing. She just beats girls up. And yeah. she's so stomps nice, though. Girls. Yeah. She's so she's nice. She's really nice see. girl. Yeah. <laughs> she stomps girls out there. She is really good. And, she won Nogi Pans at, Brown Bo- or at Black Belt already. I mean, yeah, no, Gabby, uh, she's a girl. She's from Manaus, trains at Leticia Ribeiro. I was going to say there's two girls from Manaus, Jacqueline uh, Ramos from Checkmat. She's also from Manaus. So. Gabby, Gabby's from Manaus too? Yeah. Oh, explains it. Explains it. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing, man. Yeah. We, 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 we said it. Manaus is the Brazilian Dagestan, you know, and hopefully we can get a flow uh, – Sports. Uh, One day we'll get down there. We'll get down to Manaus. It's, yeah. Ryan, you ready, ready, Ryan's ready to go to Manaus? Yeah, yeah, Ryan's ready, ready for Manaus. Get a boat up the Amazon. Uh, <laughs> get, better get your mosquito repellent ready. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, medium heavy is this is a, a crazy bracket. When you look at it's only four girls, but when you look at who the four girls are that are in there. Yeah. You got Veda. You got Tamara. Tamara Ferreira. Total Beast. Uh, Julia Bosher. They're both brand new bla- uh, black boats this year, but. Uh, Julia representing double five now, but they're going to both contend for a black belt world title in Nogi and the Gi, I believe. And then you got Andressa Sintra, who we just saw at Third Coast. And black also uh, 2019 world champion in the Gi. Yeah, yeah. You know, we should point out that Tamara Silva spent a better part of her brown belt career beating black belts in, on the AJP tour. You know, she was doing really well in that as a brown belt, where, where those are mixed divisions. Yeah, so yeah. she uh, has no, uh, she's no stranger to the black belt level of talent I, there. I nicknamed her Tamara the queen of the arm walk. She's, okay. She's 
got amazing arm. All these girls are going to have nicknames by the time we get out of this. That's why let's let's be guy. Why not? Like this is this is. uh, Listen, at the end of the day, she's probably going to show up at a tournament soon with Queen of the Arm Lock printed into the back of her gear. Well, if we don't say it, who else is going to do it? No, that's our role here. But yeah, our role is the nickname giver. No, no, Ricardo's the oracle. No, but let's the people's commentator. That's that's what he does. Our name is to build up the athletes. So let our you know that's that's our role here. But what I like about this division is. All four of these females, they've been competing consistently. So it's going to be very competitive to see them compete against each other. Uh, Veta Toscano, uh, you know, she's always active. She always here on all the national circuits. Tamara, like you said, competes in AGP tour. I don't really feel like I haven't seen her too much in Nogi. But, mm. I mean, personally, I, I'm going to go look that up again. Uh, Julia Bosher, you know, she, every time I see a picture of her, she's always competing. Yeah. So I don't you know. I don't remember her doing much no gi. I mean, maybe she won no gi worlds last year, but I can't remember. But in the gi, I see her a lot. She's really aggressive, yeah. really athletic. She's got like a good wrestling and, and like yeah. a good stand up game. Play, plays on yeah. top a lot and uh, and really address a you know she's current world champion, correct? Yeah, so. took Luisa Montero's back at worlds. Yeah, really, really high level. Also, one with a nice knee bar finish there at Third Coast just over the weekend. Oh, is that what that was? I couldn't tell from my knee angle bar. what happened. Yeah, <laughs> the ref didn't see it, so she had to finish it twice. She she finished it. Oh, girl, poor, the, poor girl who girl got knee tapped, bar twice, and then yeah. the match kept going, so she had to put on the pressure again. She's very gentle, but had to make it had to make it work. Get that finish. Heavyweight, I think you're looking at Toledo uh, Nogueira. Got to be the yeah. Another small there. division. I can't say um, uh, anyone else has competed at as high of a level regularly as Toledo Nogueira. What's going on with Super Heavy? Ryan, can you just go up to Super Heavy? We got Jessica Flowers. Three Gracie Baja girls. Yeah. What happens here? Do they all, is this a, I hope they have that. I mean, I would like to see Kendall versus Jessica Flowers. I don't know if they train together or what, but. Uh, I don't. Okay, so so Tammy is from New Mexico. Um, she's training pretty much and teaching in New Mexico. Kendall, I believe, Southern California. And then obviously Jessica, Southern California. So. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to see more, you know, athletes from different teams there, but who knows? We'll see what happens there. I like, Je- I, I'm, I've always been a big uh, Jessica Flowers fan. Again, another submission hunter. Yeah. If you follow her on Instagram, she's hilarious. Uh, she does a lot of stuff on Portuguese, but if, if you understand it, it's just so funny. But it's just, yeah. Jessica's got to be the favorite, too, I think, with looking yeah. at these girls for the uh, open class. Yeah, that would, absolutely. That, that would be my pick for And the Jessica's class. one of the only females to have a win over Gabby Garcia. Yeah, I mean, how, yeah, beating Gabby Garcia. All right, you want to uh, move on to uh, the men's a little bit? We, we talked about it last week, but the divisions weren't quite finalized, so. Let's move on down there to the men's divisions. Um, Michael, kick us off. Anyone that you really want to dive into? Any divisions that let's, make sense? Let's just go from light to heavy, I guess. Uh, Got it up on the screen. All right. There we, we go. We're down at the rooster weights. Um, Thank you, Ryan. I think the biggest story here has to be Talison making his uh, major debut. I believe he's done maybe the, the Pan Champion or not. He did the Pan Pacific Championship. Like whichever one it is, it's in Australia. Yeah, he, that he one. He did. Uh, uh, he won that. Yeah. He, but this uh, is his first one back on uh, American soil, I believe. And uh, it's a pretty stacked division as far as wrist weights go. We have Christian Woodmansey's in there, Rodney Barbosa, two time uh, world silver medalist. Um, also in the division and returning champ, uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Sorry, Nobuhiro Sawada. I don't know how I did that. That sounds right to me. That sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I want to just point out something here. Do you guys know? See Qatar BJJ. I see it. Do you guys know much about that team? No, but they, yeah, I know it's like state Victor, sponsored. Victor right? Honorio does it. Yeah, a lot of good guys are on it. So Qatar BJJ, uh, the head instructor there, I believe his name is Fabrizio. I forget his last name. Sorry, my bad. But 
They, it, you know, they're out in Qatar. They brought a lot of high-level black belts mm. there to be full-time instructors. Uh, I believe they do some work with the military, very similar to what you see in Abu Dhabi. So they're really growing the team out there. Victor Honorio's there. Uh, Fernando Vieira's there. Mm. Uh, Isaac uh, Paiva, I believe, went there as well. Okay. Um, so they're, they're developing that team pretty big. So just keep your eye on Qatar, BGJ. You know you're going to have a tough fighter. Good to So know. looking at that bracket uh... – yeah, I mean, Talis is so good, Nogi. Like, he, he's basically the same style we were talking about with Mayusa. Burn bullets from the bottom, smashing people, especially in Nogi, like Meow, Joao Meow style, like forcing half guard and smashing people in, mm-hmm. on the top of Nogi. I, I really didn't, like, you know, a lot of talk about Talison at the brown belt, but yeah. I didn't really appreciate his story until I saw the video that you made for Flo a little while ago. And uh, uh, if you guys haven't seen the black it, belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, what, the first episode's up for free on YouTube. Awesome. Uh, the Path of Black was five episodes, like almost an hour between the five of them. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, we shot them all over the place. And, 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 you, and it's cool because you get to appreciate Talison's story, you know, like yeah. sleeping on the mats, leaving my house, going to Sao Paulo, you know, staying there, then making the move and, you know, uh, hearing his aspirations of becoming a black belt world champion. He keeps and, it really real in it until he's talking about crying and wanting to quit absolutely. and all that stuff. He's not trying to act cool in that video. Yeah. But he's somebody I'm really excited to see this year. Going Right, right, uh... Uh, going into the gi season as well because he's somebody at Roosterweight as a blue belt, purple belt, brown belt. Nobody ever pushed him. He just killed. He just ran through brackets, tapping everybody for years. And uh, it's, it'll be exciting to see him up at black belt. I mean, he's going to go against Hajime Bar- Barbosa this uh, weekend. He's he was really, yeah. he was mini meow, right? He was uh, little, L- meow? little meow. Little meow. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. little meow. Yeah. But I like the fact that. He's not referred to that as much anymore. He's kind of carved out his no, own kinda, legacy. Kind of fell out, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think that, and that's cool. You know, it's very cool to see. But anyways, yeah, he, he did the no gi grand slam, Michael at brown belt. Is that correct? Yeah, last year he did gi and no gi. He was, I mean, the only person I've ever heard of who did the no gi grand slam uh, did Brazilado Euro uh, pan, no gi pans and worlds so all no gi. Yeah, yeah. Pretty insane schedule there. So yeah, he's the big name to watch at rooster weight. Moving right along then to Light Feather. Um, this is just closeout city right here. This yeah, is, Cicero Costa uh, runs the, the whole division. Three, three, well, you got three Cicero guys, and then you got Juni from from Unity, who's basically the same team. And Richard Alicom most likely won't be present. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know his status, but he had a pretty vicious armbar loss at Polaris just two Lu- weeks ago. Lucas Pinedo just got a heel hook too. Hopefully, he's in there. Otherwise, the, the, might not even be any matches. Hopefully, I'm wrong, I'm wrong yeah. about both of those. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah I, shouldn't, I shouldn't make that. And, and the story here is this is Edwin's uh, or Junior Casio's debut at Black Belt, correct? I th- do not think. No, he did he, Nogi Pans. He, he, did oh, no- he lost to Malachi at Nogi Pans. I also think he might have competed at uh, Nogi Euros, um, European Nogi Championship. Okay, yeah, this he is his did, first he did. Nogi yeah. Worlds at Black Belt, yeah. though. That, I believe, is correct. Okay. Um, and he, he, of course, had a big year. Man, um, I hope Alarcon's there. I really, he's really exciting. He Remember Bicciani at ADCC? Yeah, yeah. Had a beat, breakout year. Beat some other good people. I can't remember quite who, but he beat some good people at Kasai too this year. But I mean, Joao Miao, returning champ, Iago George, returning bronze medalist from Cicero, the guy who just heel hooked uh, Gabriel Souza over the weekend. You got Jonas Andrade in there too, who's also uh, Nogi World Champ at the color belt. So yeah, that's a big surprise. Light featherweights run by the Cicero Costa <laughs> Unity team. At All least right. it's just one division, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. Yeah, Light feather is yeah. going to be Cicero. Yeah, but, some of those guys got to like. Start eating a bunch, drinking a gallon of milk a day or whatever to to move up the featherweight because they got hop on the Ryan diet. Yeah. Yeah. They have right now, at, in the gee, six of the top ten light featherweights in the world are from Cicero Costa. Wow, it's incredible, ridiculous. Stat, yeah, featherweight. This is this bracket's interesting. It's really up up, up in the air. A couple of good guys from uh, uh, Kyle Terra, 
uh, Gabriel Marangoni, Rene Lopez. This Orlando Castillo guy from Fight Sports is good. Thomas Halpin from Fight Sports. Israel Israel Souza is really good. Israel Souza won uh, Worlds in the Gia Brown belt last year. He's an upcoming GFT guy. I think he's from Fortaleza. Really good. I, I've been watching him since he was uh, a blue belt. Very nice. Total killer. Alex Sadre. Big fan of Alex Sadre. Finisher. Yep. Good Nogi game, too. He won Nogi Brasileiro this year. Silvio Duran got a great 50-50 uh, footlock game. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't see Cole Franson last week during the show. He slid in there, I think. Yeah, um, Cole Franson, who just beat Kennedy Nogi at the SJJIF. So. Yeah, Cole Franson's a, a sleeper out there, definitely. Tiago Macedo like, competes every single weekend. This dude's tough. Another Manaus guy. Uh, Tiago Boot from Unity. Another tough guy. Emilio uh, Hernandez Rodriguez is the guy who beat Gianni at Nogi Pans. And then Gabriel Souza. Who just beat Paulo at Nogi Euros? This bracket's really up in the air. That's right. Emilio yeah. is a he. He beat Johnny, and he's a recently promoted uh, from Brown Belt, right? Right after Worlds, something like that. Yeah, I think in the yeah, last I think year it might be yeah, his yeah. first year at Black Belt. So for him to beat someone as experienced and talented as Johnny speaks uh, volumes. So he could be someone that could really. This, uh, this one, if I had to pick somebody, oh, that's tough. I would say Manaus. Without seeing the, the bracket, I'd say Manaus final. Alex Adre versus Gabriel Souza. Okay, I'll, I'll say I'll I like say as well. Uh, I'll say Sodre takes it. Yeah, I'm going with Sodre. Sodre um, worked with him a little bit, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. But Clubby Fajon, one of the top, one of those like unheralded teams, at least for like Americans and uh, Clubby Fajon is just good guys coming out of there all the time. Yeah, we should really have. refeature that Road to Worlds vlog. Um, Reed and I, our very first year. Went out to, to Phoenix, Arizona, and visited Novo and Yao, and, and Fejao was a visiting professor there. Um, and man, it was incredible experience. He, his coaching style is unlike any other. He had. Um, is it intense? It, yes, I mean. Int- I bet. Yeah, I've seen him coach. Like, you've never seen him yeah, fight. Yeah, I never seen. I, I've, never, I've seen never seen him fight. fight actually, I've seen him coach. No. He goes crazy. I'll break it Brasileiro, down. he was going wild. Uncle Ricky's gonna tell you a story. You watch right. a Rodrigo Fejao fight. He starts the match off, slaps himself all over the, slaps him, slaps, slaps, slaps. Runs around the mat. Pulls foot in the bicep guard, sweeps every single match. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I gotta look this up. Yeah, that was at Gustavo Dante's uh, gym there in, in Phoenix, um, and it, I just gotta describe one of these drills because it was so strange. Like uh, he wanted <laughs> he wanted guys to attack, I believe, a seated guard with a submission in three steps, and it couldn't be the same three steps. So guys would have to come up with new sequences, like new passes. Either it's like, let's say a back take to rear naked. And then they had to go maybe do like a cartwheel pass into mount. Like it, he wanted very acrobatic, very uh, challenging, dexterous ex- exercises done. And there were some visiting athletes there, like uh, Tommy Langacker and Espen Matisse, who were visiting from Norway at the time. And they're like, I don't, I, I've never done this before. Like, what is this stuff? But it was really cool to see because it was really uh, physically demanding as well as sort of a challenge you But, but it mentally. sounds like it mentally he yeah, was yeah. like trying to make them think. Exactly. You know, Whatever he's them... doing is working. He's proved some really good guys. Remember the Muniz brothers came from yeah. there? Yeah. Um, yep. Sadre's younger brother is the number one ranked brown belt uh, featherweight in the world right now. they got a lot of good guys coming. Yeah, from and there. he's also just extremely friendly, uh, welcoming guy. So look out for um, Sadre. I think he might turn some heads this weekend. Lightweight's pretty good. Lightweight's another pretty big division. We got 17 guys in there. I'm looking forward to seeing in person this Natan uh, Chuang. Uh, he he's sort of come on strong. Uh, Mike, are you looking at me like I said that completely wrong? No, Natan Chuang. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, he's really good, man. He's been killing in the gi lately. It'd be interesting. He's a Cicero guy, but he used to be Fernando Terre. He's a Cantagallo guy. Okay. 
Pedro Veras, another strong Cicero guy. That's a first year black. They're both first year black belts in there. We got Johnny Tama, the, the famous Tama Lock may make an appearance. Always a finisher, exciting guy to watch. Yep. One of my favorites. Igor Rodriguez won the Brasileiro no gi and in the gi this year. Samir, Samir's in there. You know, he just had a, a great finish there, a fight to win. Did Samir bump up to to light? He did. Oh wow! That's why I was. Yeah, I, I, I was, was wondering yeah. what happened there. Um, he's up at lightweight. Okay, so Samir Shantri up at lightweight. Uh, yeah, there's these uh, these a couple good uh, alliance guys up here. Fabio Caloy and Atos Miranda. I believe they closed out at uh, Nogi Pans, and Caloy uh, won Nogi Euros this year. Finished second in Nogi Brasileiro. Atos Miranda from uh, Marcelo Garcia. Rodrigo Freitas is in there. Federico Alves is in there. They both made the podium last year, but the the name to watch, Marcio Andre. Marcio yeah. Andre. Mm-hmm. I think this is Marcio Andre's bracket to lose. There's a lot of good guys in there, but I'd be surprised. I, I'm I'm going to put Marcio Andre as the heavy favorite, in my opinion. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you, but I want to give a shout out to two Canadians that are on there: uh, Daniel Davis and Matthew Coco from Open Mat MMA in Toronto. Uh, students of Elliot Bayev, friend of mine. Okay, so. is that where Open Mat is? In yeah, because there's a lot. When I was looking at the Purple Brown, there's a lot of Open Mat yeah. uh, mixed martial arts people. Yeah, no, yeah. they they have a developing over the last few years in Toronto. Really good, strong program there. They're affiliated with uh, Five Star. And Sean Williams. Oh, so okay, very Sean. cool. And actually, they had a really good Nogi camp leading up to this. They had, uh, uh, I believe, Taza was there. Krellestein's been there. Um, they bring a lot of top-level Nogi guys to mm-hmm. Open Mat to come and do, like, camps or seminars. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled on uh, Daniel Davis and Matthew Coco from Canada. Absolutely. Good to know for the local knowledge there. We got a pretty good Canadian in this next bracket. Yeah, moving up to middleweight. Probably the best Canadian of all time. Might as well just reveal it now. Yeah. Michael's Mark talking Bunch. about <laughs> <laughs> talking about Dante Leon from GF Team. Dante, really, um, I mean. He's Is he a, a Crianchi, though, for leaving Canada and going to Toledo, Ohio? Do they have those? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, unofficially, or, or I mean, I, I took. Some is there British... such thing as an official Crianchi? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll explain uh, to you. I took. Betray listen, Canada. listen. I, I I took some heat from somebody saying all you do is talk about Canadians who don't train in Canada. So I'm, I'm assuming that that hey, comment was still about, a still a Canadian. I know, but yeah. I'm assuming that comment <laughs> He's was not about a real Dante Canadian anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, I Dante guess watches hockey. I've yeah, seen it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that comment Dante was watches <laughs> hockey. I guess Dante they're saying tapes his fingers with hockey tape. Yeah. He's a real Canadian. No, Dante is about as Canadian as you can get. Nice kid, super tough, and obviously had that big win over Lucas Lepre at ADCC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what happens in his career. <laughs> he beat one of the greatest of all time. So can't wait to see it. Yeah, you know, what a year for him too. He he guillotined. Zaki. Yeah. He took Edwin's back and choked him. He took Mateus Lutz back and choked him. He got on Lucas Lepre's back. Another guy in this bracket, though, John Satava. Remember, that was one of the craziest matches at ADCC. Oh, yeah, opinion. yeah. It was a great match. Uh, he, John Satava basically had Dante's guard passed in most rules for like the last 30 seconds. But Dante's mm-hmm. so strong, he's just bridging into him. You know, Dante deadlifts a thousand pounds or whatever. <laughs> so he, he stayed as close as he could get to getting passed without doing it and then came back and slammed Satava and beat him. Satava, great nogi game. I'm looking forward to seeing Gutierrez. Gutierrez is one of yeah, my favorite guys Gucci, to watch. Gucci gang. Shout uh, out to Gucci. Uh, did you say Gucci gang? Gucci. There's no Gucciere, and that's why everybody, when I, I train with him in Chicago, everybody calls him Gucci gang. That's his nickname. That's a sweet nickname. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. But, uh, Michael bringing in the nicknames. I like this, it. I like Pedro it. Pedro Hosha guy from Double Five. You got uh, Yoga for BJJ, Sebastian Broche in there. Jaime Canuto uh, in there with Dante from GF Team. Uh, Jaime took second last year in this bracket. Uh, Dante took third. Oliver uh, Lovell, Lovell, I don't know how you say it. Remember, this is the guy who uh, submitted Levi there. Submitted World Levi Pro. at the World Pro. Levi that, that, that knee bar, yeah. But look at it. And then th- this bracket's so crazy that look. And then we get down to Octavio Souza. ADCC yeah. runner up, Gee World Champ. 
Felipe Cesar Silva just took second at the Nogi Pans Absolute. Jefferson Garisi won Nogi Pans. Diego Romayo. This bracket's wild. Looking forward to those. Anyone you, you want to pick as a, a standout favorite? Maybe pick a final if you could, Michael? I, I'm going to go with Dante Otavio. Dante Otavio. That's a smart choice. I think Otavio, yeah. uh, Otavio could beat Jaime in the uh, in the semi because obviously Jaime and Dante are split up. And then I see, I mean, I think Dante gets Otavio this time. I think Dante's coming on so strong and Ogi, his technique's so tight right now. He's forcing those scrambles and he stays so tight off of the scrambles and he doesn't lose opportunities. I think Dante could beat Otavio right now, Nogi. Um, you know, a guy we haven't mentioned yet is actually um, Joel Gabriel Hosha's younger brother, I believe, is in here, Pedro Hosha, representing mm-hmm. Double Five. Hmm. And he's a member or ex-member, old old member of the Brazilian national wrestling team. I heard He, won, he won Brasileiro Nogi this year. There you go. Yeah. So he could be someone that's a, a sleeper on the list. But I think for my final, I, I would pick Jamie Canudo. He's been spending a ton of time over at Fight Sports in preparation mm-hmm. solely for this Nogi World Championships. They have a great uh, squad over there. Um, I'm, we might see him versus Otavio Souza. I think that's my pick for a final, depending on how the bracket shakes out. Like, like I said last time, I think it's so smart that Jaime went to Fight Sports. I think Fight Sports is doing a great job of um, – you know, similar to Unity, they're embracing other athletes from other teams to come over there and train and, you know, open to learning and teaching different styles at fight sports. So, yeah. you know, if you want to evolve, you got you got to learn new stuff. And it looks like Cyborg's adapting to the time. So it, very good club to train at. This is going to be a bracket that from the, the quarterfinals on is going to be really fun with Satava, Gucciari, Pedro Hosha, Dante, Jaime Canudo. So guys. Tavio Souza, yeah. Felipe Cesar Silva Jefferson. Yeah, this is going to be, be a really busy exciting. mat, yeah, where, yeah. whatever they end up on those yeah. two mats. Medium heavy. Medium heavy is another stacked division. I feel like Atos is running the ranks here. We have Jonathan Gracie, Ronaldo, Nassar. Um, those three guys are all really, really talented. Nassar is a monster, but Jonathan and Ronaldo are two guys, two first-year black boats that I, I am expecting a lot of out of this year in the gi season. And they're really good nogi. They're both nogi world champs in the color belts. It's going to be tough to beat those guys, man. They're both so tough, so aggressive. Division is stacked, though. We got... Um, who do we have in there? We've got Rafael Paganini, Gabriel Meda's in there, Jake Watson's present, Hibamar, Lucas Hosha. I mean, Servio Tulio. Yeah, Servio Tulio is present. Uh, My man Nick Green is in there. Everyday Pojada, Servio Tulio. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Do you guys, Nick Nicholas Green, the remember crazy the crazy guy, right? Nicholas Green is hilarious. If you ever watch the old Kurt Rosiander, he's a breakdancing guy. He's the breakdancing guy B-boy. in the background. He's he's amazing. Is that that was him? Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he competes a lot. I've seen him in that fight. Too. Hibimar. Yeah. Hibimar's in there, too. Jake Watson. This is a wild bracket, too, man. Matthias Luna. So you got two really good checkmat guys, three really good Atos guys. Rafael Paganini's a name. He's a Alliance Sao Paulo guy. He won uh, the open class at Nogi uh, Brasileiro. Oh, wow. Pretty light to be doing that. <sighs> Ronaldo's such a beast. Jonatas Gracie's such a beast, too. I think it's going to be tough to, to beat both of them. Without knowing the bracket, give us your top two. Let's go. I'm going to say, as much as I hate closeouts, I'm saying Ronaldo and Jonatas close it out. Shout out to Hibimar, though. Hibimar could disrupt that, but that, that's where I would go with. For me, uh, I'm a big fan of Ronaldo. Just just his, his work rate is, is incredible. Uh, he's almost violent out there. He's so fast. He's really throwing guys Dude, around. Dude, he breaks people, man. Yeah, he, he just breaks their will. That's people sure. aren't ready for it, yeah. So he, he's my pick, actually, to win. I'm going to go ahead and call him as the winner and just be bold like that. I'm, I'm uh, going to say Hibimar and Ronaldo. But I also want to give uh, some mention to Nassar. 
Um, Sorry, so good. Keep man. your eye on Nassar, man. You know, you, you talked about, uh, or Josh Inger was here last week talking about how hard it is to tap Nassar. Mm. Um, I remember Andre Galval telling me, like, Nassar is probably one of the best black belts in the room. In the training room, he's a beast. And, you know, keep your eyes on him. He could, he could this could be the, the tournament where he kind of turns the corner and, you know, really gets up there. So, Nassar, for sure. There we go. Uh, moving on up here to heavyweight. Heavyweight is... Also a very exciting division. We're kicking off here, we've got Adam Wojcinski, uh Jackson Souza is in there, Felipe Trovo. Uh, Tusa. Tusa is in. That's yeah. John Jones' coach. That four-time, I believe four-time champ of this, but one in like 2008, 2009, like those years. But uh, So, yeah, he's, he's a bit old school yeah. throwing down with the young guns. We should put a bet if Tusa can do a super duck like John Jones did. No. <laughs> um I like that. Gotta, I'll take that. Let's bet. do something. Let's give him something—a free flow membership for a year. Give yeah. him something, Chase. If it was up to me, I would. I would do that. Um, uh, Devante Johnson and Marillo from Unity. Yeah, this could be Marillo's division, man. Marillo's tough as hell, you know, and yeah. um, been pretty active this year. But Adam Wojcicki is another no another favorite guy. I'd, I'd say Jackson. I mean, if I had to put money down, I'd say Jackson. I I really like Marillo. I could see Marillo stylistically matching up well with these guys. If I had to put money down, I would go with Jackson. I'd like to see – I really like Wardzinski. I like his style. I'd like to see him pull it off. But you could see a close-up between those two guys. That's or, not impossible. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I think it's safe to say, without knowing the brackets, I think Murillo and Jackson are the favorites. Wardzinski's got such good technique. But he's not – You know, the one thing you don't really see from Adam is his wrestling, whereas Jackson, you see – wrestling you mm. see sweeps you see submissions you see it all so out of those two from checkmate i think jackson kind of goes through um as far as Devonte murillo i see murillo going through um the rest you know a lot of tough guys too set tough but i think it's going to come down to murillo and jackson action action jackson there it say, is for sure oh uh, that yeah i'd like to see that one hey we only got 10 minutes left our producer caleb said we can go to 215 it's uh 204 right now all right all i want right. to just make some quick picks on uh, on these last ones and then jump into the uh Who's number one matches? Let's yeah, let's do it. it. Let's do it. Uh, All right. Lead the way, Michael. Super heavy. I'm going Trator. Trator is definitely, I, I would say, a safe bet. I like Tex Johnson. I think he could turn some heads, uh, maybe turn around the momentum he's been having. Quick picks, Chase. Tex. All right. <laughs> my quick pick is Trator and Arnaldo. Arnaldo Madonna. Oh, yeah. He's tough, too, it's man. It's going to come down to those two. Ultra yeah. heavy. C- Cyborg, Victor Hugo, or... Vinny. You can't name three out of six. That's not a pick, Michael. No, that's what I'm saying. That's, what I'm saying. that's who you're going to have to go with, basically. So, well, Poapolo's in there, too. He can pull it off. That's Last four. week, I picked Victor Hugo. I'm going to go Cyborg now. I like Cyborg as well. Cyborg. Vinny. Right. Vinny and, no, Vinny and Cyborg, are my, my, without knowing the bracket, that's what I think is going to happen. Victor Hugo could do it, though, too. Victor Hugo could turn some heads, for All sure. Right. So, let's get into our... Uh, you guys put me on the spot here. Kay- <laughs> that's Caleb. our job, Ricardo. Caleb, you got our... Uh, Assets ready for the uh, who's number one matches. I think the first one will be number six, the uh, Eric Muniz one. Go ahead and kick us off, Michael. Who do we got here? Well, okay. Our first match uh, that we're going to announce is uh, a really big one. Eric Muniz from Alliance Dream Art, from the Dream Art Project in Sao Paulo. Here's him, a a little worm guard highlight from the Brasileiro. He's going against Roberto Jimenez, another Alliance guy, but they don't train together. And uh, this is the last two Purple Belt Open Class World Champions, mm, basically. Very cool. Do you remember uh, Roberto? Look, 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 just watch this a little bit. He's got a great 
Uh, Eric's got a great worm guard, man. Reverse Taylor worm guard. When I actually sent this, this video to Keenan after Brasileiro, he was like, he, his response was like, finally somebody's doing it right. He, oh, he really, cool. he really admired it. This guy, uh, double grand slam at Purple Belt last year. Wow. So he he ended up closing out the world final with his brother Anderson, but you know, double grand slam. If you're not familiar, means you won the your weight and the open class at uh, all the IBJJF majors. Maybe if. Uh, you want to cut over to the next one for him, Caleb, the the number seven, the Muniz final one for Brasileiro. Watch, watch him versus Pedro Machado. Oh, this is actually a nice choke. Uh, yeah, and I, I like this this match because it's 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 such a contrast against Roberto. Yeah. Know, Roberto yeah. can play that game, but he doesn't. He's not watch, so look, well known Look at Machado here. Machado had just beat Anderson Muniz in the semifinals to set up this. Right off the double pull, he put, he, he passes Machado's guard, chokes him to win the Brasileiro. And you're right, it is a, it is a big contrast. Yeah. Because Roberto's all about creating that back exposure off of scrambles, and he rolls into back takes. Eric's about, you know, locking you up, tying you up, and uh, t- slowing you down with that and, lapel. And if you watch Munez did what I like to call the guard pull interception. Yeah, he, that guard he did. Pull. Classic Balea guard pull interception right there. <laughs> I guess they're charging these yeah. kids for using my moves. So let's go to the Roberto Jimenez clip now. Roberto, I mean, we've made a movie about him. We've talked about this guy a lot. Yeah, you don't get much more highly touted than Roberto as a prospect. This was the Purple Boat highlight, I believe, when he did uh, tapped eight people in that tournament. It might have been ten, actually. It might have been ten. It yeah. was something crazy, yeah. But he tapped every single person, uh, weight and absolute. Yeah, ten. There it is, ten people. And it was insane. That's- yeah, here's Connor. He tapped Connor, D'Ang- oh, he tapped Connor D'Angelis in his final that year, remember? He tapped like Pedro Pimenta and Mason Fowler and some guys in the in the open class. He just had the best loop choke I've ever seen. I'm not ever seen, but just the it was I believe the semifinal in the absolute and he was down. He was losing and time was running out and he managed to throw in a loop choke. Incredible. Well, what do you know about Roberto? I know that I've been seeing him compete for a long time. Yeah, you man, know, right? since like 2014. They called him Blue Checha. Remember Blue Checha? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I saw him in the, as a kid in 2014 in a tournament in Texas, warming up with like arm collar drag, arm drags, Marcelo Garcia style. I was like, who is this kid? And then I, you know, I know his father Raúl, so got to see him compete and just smash everyone. So I've been following his career for quite some time. Of course, you see uh, Lucas Lepre, who Roberto trains with uh, often. So you know, he's just he's got it all. You know, he's he's he can do pretty much anything and he's very exciting to watch and he's a very humble kid very nice attitude so it's always good to see um you know kids winning at the highest level like that and you know like i said very exciting loop choke on pimenta right there, there it is there's uh, a loop choke yeah oh it's so Pedro cool. pimenta's huge too uh but like roberto's always an exciting fight right it's like uh he's one of those guys like come back on your shield or whatever like if, if he doesn't go out there and tap you like he's gonna like get tapped or something he doesn't go out there and mm. you, Roberto doesn't try and win by an advantage or nothing no. neither does neither Eric Muniz these guys both tap a lot of people and they've, they've never fought each other it's gonna be interesting stylistically uh, Eric even though they're the same weight class Eric's like probably five inches taller than him or mm. something Eric's a really tall guy how and, long are uh, these matches Michael? This is going to be uh, IBJJF length, so it'll be eight minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Uh, IBJJF score with uh, last uh, score criteria. So there are there advantages. There'll be advantages, but it's like the last person to score wins, or if there's no, no score, the last person to get an advantage wins. So there's no ref decisions to avoid you know the controversy. I like that rule. Yeah, I think it's good. I Very think it's... nice. The next match uh, we want to announce here, Mike, is a, a, a fi- another fire match. We have. Rico Statton from Lloyd Irvin. The Flash. The Flash. I don't know if you guys have seen that challenge going around. Uh, he has a really, really uh, fan-friendly style. Lots of crazy back takes and submissions. Versus Robin Boland from Atos Stroke AOJ. Uh, from Sweden who moved out to California. Or Sweden or Norway, Mike? I believe it's Sweden. Sweden. He's Swedish, yeah. And uh, to train full-time at AOJ. Two so, of the, the quickest rising stars here. We got this a clip. is Rico going up there. Really, another really exciting. You, like, you don't see any boring uh, – 
Rico matches. They come to Flash, super fast. There he is, passing guard. Uh, Do we have that that crazy ankle lock uh, counter? Yeah, it's in here. It's, okay, it's actually okay. in here. That'll be that's an interesting one. He's got a good good lasso guard. Surprise coming out of Lloyd Irvin. You know he got a good lasso guard. Mm. Great passing. Uh, he does he does all this stuff. These flash challenges and stuff. There's a nice Oma plot out of out of the lasso. He does all these like online viral flash challenges with like these crazy uh, I don't know back takes and stuff. He gets people to attempt. But uh, yeah, uh, Rico's very exciting. He's one of these guys. He calls himself the Flash. His name's Sean Rico State, and one time I, I messaged him for writing purposes. Hey, what what name do you go by? He said they call me the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I meant your real name. Done. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah. will only refer to you as such. He took uh, like second at Pans last year at Purple. He's still around at Purple, so he's currently the number one ranked guy. And uh, who's this is uh, one of his finals? Oh, double pull. Oh. That's almost double pull interception. Double pull triangle. That's like Mateus Gabriel gets stuff. It's, like it's that a though. variation. I'll accept it, that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this pretty. Oh, this is pretty funny. Just oh, just like just a little that guy. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, here's a little jump into a triangle. We'll probably end it with uh, that RNC off of the ankle lock. But uh, his triangle is just—he makes it look so easy. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Well, he's one of these guys coming out of the Lloyd Irvin Kids program. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of these guys like Malachi and Jamil and all them. Uh, he's like was juvenile a couple. Of, here, oh, here it is. This is my favorite thing I've seen like in months. Yeah, this, this he's currently being ankle lock, belly down, ankle lock. No problem. Rico's chilling. He looks like a straight up zombie right here. He's like, yeah. ah, I want the brains. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I think, is, still has his foot as he finishes this choke. He taps wow. him. Yeah. Gets the tap. Incredible. Textbook ankle lock. <laughs> but, uh, all right, now let's move on to Robin, the Swedish kid from AOJ who won Worlds at Blue Belt Light Feather. Incoming Purple Belt this year. Rico was Purple Belt uh, earlier this year at Worlds. Now, we got Robin coming, so if you want to kick that off, Caleb. Robin's another young one, I think was juvenile within the last year or two. He's got a great uh single leg X to footlock game. He's got a really great straight ankle lock, Bocinia style. You would you would really like it, Ricardo. I like Here, it. I've, I've been seeing his highlights, I've been seeing him on the gram, I've been yeah. following him a little bit. Very, very technical fighter. Yeah, that's a sweet little sequence right there. Yeah, that was very uh, you know, Mendes brother asked the little flow right there, but mm-hmm. You'll you'll see to him getting to the straight uh, getting the X guard, wrapping the foot, you know, right like this. There it is. Yep. He he. When I when I was looking this kid up to to try and find uh, moments to clip out of him, it's like you you look and you see so many of his matches in our archives are like one minute, two minutes yeah. because he's just like pu- pulling to this guard and and ankle locking people really easy. You see elevates with the foot like yep. under the crotch sort of spins over belly down, finishes the straight ankle lock. And his passing looks just like. Ian Hoffa is pretty freaky, actually. <laughs> but it, it's a I great... Was, I was going to say his passing looks a lot like a young Chase Smith out there. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he's surprised uh, I didn't notice it. <laughs> these, these two have fought once in no gi, though. They haven't fought in the gi. So this is going to be a very exciting one. I'm, exci- I'm excited for it. Uh, and, they're, you know, they're both coming out of two of the best, you know, kids, juvenile... Pro- oh, this is a nice tr- Trico plata right here. See, he rolls up to the top of that Trico oh, plata. Oh, yeah, there it's it beautiful, is. Beautiful, right? I might, I might clip that one out for the gram at some point. But I think there's another footlock here. Yep, he's just gonna he's just gonna footlock this dude. Uh, but you know these these are two uh, young athletes coming out of two of the top like youth, youth kid programs. and juvenile programs yep. out there, right? AOJ and Team Lloyd Irvin. Mm-hmm. They're 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 bringing people up from a very young age and producing these killers. And it's like uh, you know we got a few few athletes from both teams on this card, and uh, it's going down the same weekend as Kids Pans, where they all came from. Should be an exciting one, I think. Most likely in this match, you're going to probably see Robin Pullen versus Rico Passon. It's going to be a question, can Robin get to that single leg X, probably? There we go. Yeah. There you have it, guys. Well, we're 
right down to the final minute, 2.15. Thank you for joining us for the seventh episode of Who's Number One. You can find your tickets for Who's Number One, the event, on flowgrapplingticks.com. T-I-X, flowgrapplingticks.com. There you have it. Check it out. And get we'll them get... before we announce that big black belt fight because then they're going to be going off pretty Actually, fast. Actually, we should get everyone voting and telling us who they want to see in the black belt fight. Slide into the DMs, folks, yeah. and we will catch you next week, uh, I believe, at Wednesday for our normal programming. Yep. See you guys then.